Some things in life you just can't account for. Uh, try as you might, you can make plans. Ugh. One of, one of the things I like least, there was a, a movie that came out a few years back, uh, maybe probably like 10 years ago, and in the beginning this guy says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And it's like, eh, all right, you're supposed to be a mysterious, mystical uh, foreigner man with an accent, and you know, you're too attractive. I was probably just jealous, and that's probably really the reason I disliked it. But uh, I think it's good to make plans to try to figure out what you're going to do with your life. And uh, I know, because I've made plans and they failed and blown up in my face, that sometimes it just doesn't work out. But it, it's interesting how, no matter how hard you try, no matter how many factors you consider, uh, sometimes things just don't go your way, and there are some things that you just can't figure out. This is MJ, I love Tokusatsu, and right now I want to talk about Kamen Rider Zero One, Episode 9. This episode sees the continued assault of uh, Metsu, Metsubo Jinrai. Uh, they're using the uh, Gigar uh, to, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, they're using one of the Gigar mech um, to uh, rampage, and it's, you know, hacking more and more medical uh, medical human gear and causing them to become Magir, and uh, again, rampage, destroy, uh, try to cause the uh, deaths of many people. Uh, spoilers, by the end of the episode, uh, a news report announces that there were no casualties, uh, despite their best or worst efforts. I don't know how you quantify that. Best or worst? I don't know. Their best efforts at being bad, I suppose. Anyway, um, what... The, the thing that's most interesting to me is that, uh, and by the way, <laughs> Zero One gets a, a mammoth. Uh, it gets his own Gigar-type thing that Hedon Technologies had been producing or had been working on uh, as a rescue vehicle, which I find I really dig. Um, actually, I'll, I'll talk about this right now. Uh, so it basically looks like a Gundam. Um, it's got the little you know, Gundam antennae things, but, you know, Kamen Rider has those antennae things, so, uh, or antennae, uh, which is pretty fun. Um, but they have a big mech fight. It's uh, not something I like to see frequently. Uh, I like, I don't mind it in the context of the show. What do you think, though? Do you like the uh, giant mecha? I mean, there's been giant mecha and giant, you know, CGI abominations that the writers have fought before in previous shows. Um, I'm thinking of Suica. I'm thinking of the giant elk thing. Um, the Suica is the watermelon uh, mech from Gaim, and so is the uh, the rabbity, or the elk one. Uh, anyway, um, but I generally don't like those in Kamen Rider. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll take my Super Sentai and my Super Sentai, thank you very much. Um, but I really didn't mind it this time. Uh, I hope Ames disbands the Gigar system, and maybe they'll be used once or twice more, and he can use this thing once or twice more, but it being a normal thing that he uses does not appeal to me. I disliked very much in uh, the beginning of Zeo that they uh, relied heavily upon uh, the use of these, you know, giant time machines. Uh, I just did not like them. They didn't do it for me. Again, if it were a different sci-fi show, that'd be great, but this is a Kamen Rider, and uh, it's a little too far afield for me. So, anyway, that's uh, that's all new stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, and of course the heroes save the day, and, uh, you know, Fua doesn't die, um, which if you got spoiled in that, you, you should have been watching, you know, the episode first before coming here. Uh, anyway, um, what's new, though, or another thing that's new is not something that's flashy or that can be seen. It's subtext, it's writing, it's uh, some of the character work going on. We get to see Yaibuya flustered, panicked, um, even... Uh, <laughs> she compliments Izu on how calm she's able to be, and she's like, man, Humagir really are, like, unshakable. Um, but I do think uh, Izu was shaken by everything that was going on. And then Aruto uh, kind of... <laughs> 
gives uh, you a hard time, and he's like, hey, I, I didn't know that you could act like a human sometimes, which is, you know, not kind, but it's, uh, she's been very Vulcan. Uh, she's been very emotionless for the most part throughout the show. And it was, I liked seeing her performance. I liked seeing her uh, get to stretch and uh, play uncertain and play, you know, not in a good place. Um, the actress, that is. And uh, that was all really uh, entertaining stuff. And then uh, just, they really are um, discussing uh, what it means to be human or what it means for the human gear to reach singularity, what will happen? Will their intentions be pure? Will they stay good? And I really like the tension. I felt like a lot of this episode was kind of somber and um, like it dealt with that issue. It gave it the, the you know proper appropriate gravity for the situation, uh, but at the same time, you know, there were still gags and it was still upbeat and punchy enough to, to keep a kid's interest, I think. Um, so I, I like that they're kind of, uh, you know, given a, I don't know, I, I like the approach because they're exploring serious stuff, but they're doing it in an interesting, entertaining way. And um, I think the drama and the tension was really good. It, it stayed very high throughout. Um, and uh, gosh, I don't know, it was just very effective. Um, it was interesting to see, I don't know her name, but the uh, red and gray, red and dark gray themed Humagir, uh, who is the assistant to the vice president. Uh, she also wears gloves. I find that very strange. Anyway, she and Izu got into it, and uh, Izu wanted to err on letting the doctor or the medical Humagir stay uh, operative so they could save people's lives, and the uh, other one, the, the red Humagear assistant was saying that she wanted to uh, shut them down because if they were to go rogue, that they would kill so many people. Um, ultimately, the uh, Izu and Aruto and all them ended up being right about the situation. Um, but gosh, that was interesting. Uh, I find that I, I really enjoy the fact that uh, Fuwa is tested. Like, he isn't, <laughs> he's unconscious for most of this episode, but. The few moments, he probably gets maybe 45 seconds, 60 seconds on screen where he's acting, uh, or where, where, you know, he's up, awake and active in the story. And I really do enjoy what they did with him because uh, he just has this look of confusion and, I don't want to say disdain, but like confusion and almost like wounded pride when he sees that the... Uh, Akash Onigoro, whatever, Onigoto, the doctor who saved him was, in fact, a Humagear. And, uh, you know, another cool new thing that I didn't really talk about is that, um, you know, the doctor and some other Humagear had been hit with the... the, um, the hacking tendrils or whatever, and they didn't succumb at first. Some of them did, but the doctor never... Uh, never went rogue, never turned into a Magear. He kept true to his programming, to his... Uh, mission in life, and uh, gosh, it was really neat. Also, uh, when Fu was recovering, uh, there's this really great shot of him uh, at the hospital on the on the roof, uh, looking out at Daybreak Town, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful shot. It uh, I like I like the arrangement of it, the colors that they used. It was this very muted brownie to. to Topia, Topia, what is that? Sepia, I think. Sorry, Sepia tones. Um, that just had a lot of richness and vi- um, not vibrancy, but like a richness and like an emotionality to it, and I really appreciated that. Uh, so uh, it's interesting to me that uh, Izu has this connection to the Zaya satellite, which uh, 
uh, it looks like the Ark was a satellite that crashed down to Earth too, and I just wonder what the relationship is between uh, Zaya and the Ark, and why the Ark would have this malefic will uh, versus Zaya, which seems to be altruistic. Um, I don't know. I, I I hope that's something that's going to be explored later on, but uh, I mean we'll have to just wait and see, kind of. Um, so we got a cool uh, double henshin shot of uh, of Hirobi and Jin, and I really like you know people are calling these guys the Force Rise Riders, which makes sense, but you don't call the uh, other guys the Authorized Riders, right? Come on, guys, what are we doing, Toku fam? Anyway, um, uh, I thought seeing them henshin together was really cool. Uh, it's a little bit of a mess um, to see together, but gosh, I like it. Uh, it reminds me of Guyver's uh, transformation, how you know the bubble would uh, pop up around him, or them, the Guyvers, and uh, you know cause destruction to the surrounding area. Of course, they're not going to do that here. Uh, animations, it's a lot easier, um, but still very cool. I like it a lot. Um, and then Hirobi got to fight with... Uh, with uh, Zero One one-on-one with Aruto one-on-one, and that was a cool fight, cool little fight. Um, it's nice that uh, Aruto gets to get defeated, and then he you know, runs off and, you know, is licking his wounds while dealing with this, you know, dilemma of having his faith in the Hero Gear shaken for a while. And I, w- I think in just last episode, I was wondering if he would ever be shaken, and I'm happy to see that he was, and I like how he dealt with it. Um, like I said, I- I'm enjoying the nuanced approach that the show is taking to everything. The only thing I didn't like about that fight uh, was that Hirobi was using his, uh, <laughs> it was like Green Arrow on the CW show, using his bow or whatever as like a sword. And I thought, man, this guy's got a katana. Why does he got a, he should have like a katana weapon. It's too bad he doesn't just use the katana while he's transformed. That'd be cool. Anyway, that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, I really like this episode. I like where the show's going and I'll be interested to see what happens next. Anyway, check out mjmornews.com for more of my work. I'm currently reviewing Spider-Man comics and writing original fiction you can find there. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee. Or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. I'm working on some writer stuff that's going to go up there soon. MJ Loves Doku can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, and Amazon. No, and Amazon. And, and someday, and mtmunios.com slash mjlt, where you can find links to my Ultraman show, Going Ultra, and my comics review channel, Swing Through Comics. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to keep up with me uh, through my weekly coverage of Zero One. And remember, you don't have to shout Henshin to be a hero.